You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 180 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Uber photographer, snapper, um, creative artist, uh, <laughs> photography workshopper and all-round legend, Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? <laughs> oh, thanks, Val, for the great intro. Oh, great. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. It's just, you know, it's that time of year where we're about to launch into a new year, so many exciting possibilities, so many celebrations to be had. Well, it just that's just because it's this time of year and you get invited yeah. to places and and there's lots of parties and barbecues and it's it, in we're in Australia eating. and it's summer. There's a bit of eating Drinking. involved. And of course, because in Australia the big sales are the post Christmas sales, it is where you start really checking going into the um, photography shops and start checking out what they have on special to see what's going to tempt you as a potential new use purchase as well, isn't it? I know. And it's it's actually – it's a nice week. I like this week because it's uh, quiet and a bit mm. sleepy and yeah. the roads are really quiet. It's a good time mm. to catch up with people and just reflect on the year and just kick back and – you know, the, the pressure's off. I don't have to be anywhere important, really. So yeah. I can get a bit more sleep and relax. I really enjoy this week. It's nice yes. to have a break, Val. <laughs> now, regular listeners will know that it's tradition. It's Gina and Val tradition yes. that the New Year podcast mm-hmm. is done with a bit of um, celebration. Yes. And with some New Year tipple. Isn't it? Yes. Yes. So even though we are actually in two different states in Australia recording this, what we do is our tradition is we have a bottle each. <laughs> Can you hear me uh, taking off the foil? So Gina's got a bottle of champagne. Could you name me wait, Valerie. I know. And I have... Because uh, I didn't feel like champagne, to be honest. Um, I felt like Pinot Gris. So I'm drinking a some real housewife. New house <laughs> from so not New Housewife, some New Zealand <laughs> Pinot Gris. And because uh, I'm really classy, it's a, a screw top. So I'm just going to unscrew it now. Just listen. Did you? That's the sound. Yes. That's the sound, Valerie Koo. Well done. You're more classy. And I'm going to pour it. Bubbles? Oh my God. Yeah, I can. I can. Good. We should record that as a sound effect. That should be our intro music. (laughs) (laughs) So, 
listeners, we get a- a, Yeah, for new listeners, uh, we don't normally do this. We don't uh, normally do week. this. Uh, we we, at we all. usually talk about photography, but this is like that lazy week. And so we thought we'd uh, do a show, reflect on. Uh, some of our favourite photos of the year and memories, and but drink at the yes. same time. Drink so. at the same time. So, listeners, charge your glasses. Yes. Uh, Gina, yes. make sure you have your glass. And we wanted to say a big cheers to all of you listeners for sticking with us and for downloading this podcast every week and for having us in your ears and thank you to everyone in our listener community because you and your comments and your feedback are what make us keep this podcast going and uh, if you're not already in the podcast community on Facebook it's just join just search for so you want to be a photographer podcast community and we'd love to connect with you on there so anyway here is my glass so Gina clink virtual clink your glass always sounds better than mine. I've got my best, um, my best Kmart <laughs> champagne glasses. Cheers, everyone! Cheers, uh, everyone! Happy New Year! Yes, Happy New Year! So, <laughs> and uh, we promise that um, we we won't drink the whole bottle. On each end, maybe we will. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We want to talk about some of our favourite photos this year and some of them are from you guys, from our listener community um, and also from the gold community. I've got to tell you about my week. Oh, yes. Tell me about your week. Do tell. I don't know what Gina's about to say, by the way, guys. I know. I'm um, Mm. feeling quite empowered this week, Val. Okay. Why is that? Because uh, I've been a student at the School of YouTube this week. Okay. What have you been learning, Gina? And I've done two things that I'm particularly proud of. The first one Mm. is that you know that I'm living in the house that's falling apart Mm -hmm. (laughs) and regular Mm. listeners know that there's uh, all sorts of things going wrong. But uh, an issue that I've had all year – and I think it's due to the possums and, and everything it, yeah. is. And, and with all the big rains, I've had uh, there's about four different spots where the roof leaks. Oh, my God. And it, yeah. And it got – I'm not sure if I told you this story about the laundry after oh, the last no. big rains, but no. um, I went into the laundry one morning after a, like a big night of rain and there was like under the paint <laughs> a huge bubble had had – been created mm. between mm. the plasterboard and the paint by mm. water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was like massive, like, like you know, four huge balloons under there filled with water. Oh, so, my you know, God. I, I popped it. <laughs> oh, water. my God. Okay. And then like, like a blister. Like a blister yep. on the paint. Oh. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> and so I thought that that was from the rain, but then when mm. the air conditioner was turned on, the water just filled the laundry and flooded it every time we turned the air conditioner on. So <laughs> This is guess goes from bad to worse. It does, doesn't it? So I oh. call the – I've got a roof guy in my phone, mm. as you do, and he – he couldn't get out because it was like, you know, the wrong time of the year, busy and all that. So yeah. I thought, how hard can it be to fix a roof valve? Oh, my. A roof. Yeah. 
Okay, so and you I went on discovered YouTube this on YouTube, okay. I went on YouTube and I'm like, how do you fix uh, leaking tiles on a roof? And there was a guy, uh, there were several videos that I watched, and this is why it's so important when you're looking for a mentor <laughs> to find the right one that explains it well. The first couple that I looked at, useless. Because okay. they just assumed that you knew what you were doing, and I kind of needed to like you know how to how to fix a roof for someone who's never been on a roof or fixed a roof before. Now in my head, Val, I mm. thought that this would be far more complicated because it's a roof, and I thought there'd be plumbing and there'd be mm. like that that foil stuff that goes under the tiles and that the tiles would actually be grouted together, right? But mm. this guy explained it and he was from Bunnings where dreams come true. Bunnings is <laughs> in Australia the um, hardware, our big, big hardware store. This guy was a Bunnings guy and he explained it so well that he gave me the comp. I'm like, I can I can do that. And I rummaged around under the house and I found like 20 new tiles that were left over from the last time the roof got repaired. And I went up there on the roof and um, I found like you you can find where the rain gets in, there's cracks in the tiles. And so I found about uh, 10 cracked tiles on the roof and I replaced them all by myself. Really? Yes. Oh, my God. And so have you had a big rain since? And so do uh-huh. you know whether it works? Yes, it works. Well, well done to you. That's How totally, good is that? That's pretty impressive, I have to say, and completely different to what I learned from the University of YouTube. What was yours? I learned, uh, The last two things I learned and just, uh, how to express your cat. Um, what? <laughs> how to express your cat from the I University know. of YouTube. What? And what? the other thing was how to curl your hair with a GHD straightener. What's how to express your cat? Well, you know how women can express other things like breast milk. Well, you can yeah. express your cat, like make him go whiz, like oh. by expressing him. Wow. Well. <laughs> well, <laughs> I know I never cease to amaze you. It's true. Oh, no. <laughs> Cat whisperer. Yeah, yeah, but the yeah. second thing, and I promise we'll get back onto photography after <laughs> this one. The second thing that I um, felt most empowered about was that uh, on one of the days uh, last week, I decided to take Stella, my Vespa, for a ride. Mm. Get on. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Start the engine. Dead. Oh, dear. So I get on YouTube and I look at all the reasons and I work out <laughs> from YouTube that battery's flat. Right. So I start ringing um, – I ring my car people that, you know, the RACVC, if they'd come and start jump-started or something, like they don't do motorbikes. Someone said they'd do it but for $400, which is like mm. what a rot. Mm. And so I go on YouTube and I'm like, all right, well, how hard can it be to change a battery on a motorbike? And I look it up and I go, I think I can do this. So I ring my my motorbike mechanic and mm. uh, he's like, yeah, I reckon you could do it, Gina. No worries, <laughs> come around and give you a, a battery. And, and then he just writes down – 
there's an order that you've got to disconnect the uh, positive and negative and then reconnect the positive and negative so you don't zap yourself or short the bike. So he wrote down the order for me. And then he Mm. said, it's easy. You'll be able to do it. No worries. Go do it. You'll be fine. And if you have any issues, just ring me up. And so I went home and with Mm. my little chart and YouTube video actually playing as I'm doing it, got my (laughs) screwdriver out and you had to unscrew the cover where the battery sits and it took me a while to get the old battery out because it was very snug but I got it out I unscrewed it without zapping myself put the new one in and then before I put it all back together I tried to start the bike bike starts first go and I'm like oh my god I feel so empowered I just felt felt really badass (laughs) that's great then I screwed the whole thing back together Mm-hmm. And I had two leftover <laughs> screws. Oh, I couldn't. No. I, that's annoying. So it's not. I didn't. Couldn't get the cover quite back because all the cables. I didn't put them quite back in the right order oh, that they should have been. So no. the cover didn't fit as snug. But I did it. Well and done. And it works. Yeah. Well done, I love you. YouTube. Yeah, I do. I love you too. But yeah, clearly you and I search for very different things. Oh, don't you worry that people look at your search history and, like, if we drop down your search history, That's why I do not allow it. What do you do? You clear your history? Um, You can – yeah, you can – there's a setting in YouTube. Yeah. So, like, if I'm at your computer, I can – I don't even have to look at your history. I can see by the suggestions that the – that YouTube is making to you the kind of things that you were searching for before. Oh so, yeah, I know. I'm, yeah, I, I've looked. <laughs> so, but with mine, it's you, you can't see that because it doesn't allow, I don't allow YouTube to suggest to me, you know what I mean, based on my previous searches. And, yeah, I, 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 I've changed the settings so that the search history is not there. Not that I am searching for anything really bad. But it's probably a bit weird that if, you know, how to express your cat and how that to curl your hair with a GHD straightener. <laughs> <laughs> I was up till 4 a.m. with, like, the YouTubes on how to curl your hair. As in because with the YouTube next know, to me and I trying understand. to curl your hair. It's, it's not the... It's not the actual curling. You can, I bet you, you can do one side, but the other side you can't do. Is that right? Exactly. I can do the right, but not the left. Yeah. Very frustrating. Yeah. It's a, it's a real skill, and it's sort I of to, to teach yourself to work backwards and upside down. Right and you're learning from these YouTube's from these fourteen year old girls. <laughs> I know, but they're really good at it. I know. Anyway, we really are digressing. So let's move (laughs) on to one of the links that we've got, and we'll put the link in the show notes at ginamilitia.com, is from National Geographic, and it's Travel Photographer of the Year Contest for 2017. Mm. And I love – shots of nature that are amazing yes. and most of these are and I have to say I am they're 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 jaw-dropping most of these are jaw-dropping and I am so impressed uh and I strongly recommend that you have a look at this link as I mentioned we'll put it in the show notes but it's from the National Geographic site the grand prize is such a stunner it is almost impossible 
to think it's, 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 that someone could capture this shot. But it's of a volcano in Mexico while it's erupting as the red lava is pouring down the sides. So the, there's the red lava and there's this eruption where there's billowing smoke coming straight out, including flames, shooting out the top of the volcano. And at that exact point in time, there's a lightning bolt <laughs> I know. right at the top of the volcano. And this photographer has captured it. He said that it was one of the most exciting moments of his life. And I have to say it's pretty fantastic. It's a high degree fantastic. of difficulty to get all of that. And so mm. with photography now, it's so openly shared. It's kind of like as lovers of photography, we can become a bit sort of desensitized to the beauty of these images or a bit jaded. And that's why, like, I'm constantly looking for images that uh, have like, an emotional impact as well or a story behind them. And that's why my pick out of these nature images is an image by Rodney Bursale, which is a image of a professional surfer, Donovan Frank. Relter captured as he's like he's under the wave, yes. underwater with the wave cursing, and and it's like an incredible image because it's such a, a different view. I love images when they're captured underwater because it's got that sort of dreamy, eerie uh, perspective. But then mm. you see the power of the wave all around him, and he's on the board like he's like yes. riding it, but under the water and you know the force of those waves and it's just so perfectly lit and perfectly captured and you know that that poor photographer is under the water with god knows how much sand going up his papers and all sorts of spots and how like you know whenever you're caught under a wave as you would know Val, how's the boogie boarding going well it's going to start uh restart again mm. soon because yeah. it's now that time of year yeah yeah. I'm not, I don't go in winter. Mm. Yeah, so I think that shot is fantastic. Have you done, I mean, are you, would you be interested in doing more underwater things, Gina? I love um, being underwater. I love, you know what I love most is mm. I've been lucky enough to snorkel some reefs around the world and my favourite is the Great Barrier Reef. I've been there about five or six times and yeah. my absolute Absolute favorite, favorite thing to do is when you get to snorkel over a continental shelf. Have you ever done that? No, I don't think I have. So you've got like you you you're snorkeling, you know, at, uh, at, at above on the water level, right? You mm. know, and uh, then you look down and you can see the bottom of the ocean. But as you get over the edge of a continental shelf, the the drop is just like goes forever, and you mm. also feel like you're flying and you're in amongst. Um, all the beautiful fish and the coral, and it's amazing. So I do love that. The problem with this sort of activity for me is I love mm. being in the water. I love the snorkeling. I hate the little boats. What sicky, little, sicky. What? Oh, really? Sicky, sicky. Oh, There's a size of oh. boat that just does okay. not agree with me. I was um, but lucky you don't enough have to be to get on a, boat, a big boat but this year and I was all right, but the little there's a size where they're a bit like rocky that I just can't cope. But you don't have to get on a boat to capture pictures of surfers because
because they're yeah. typically not that far away from the shore. Yeah, so the surfer thing, um, there is a, a lot, like a healthy respect I have for the surf and rips. Have you ever been caught in a rip? Oh, just once, yes. It's not. It's not fun, and so no. and also where like this guy here. The other danger in this image are oh, there's, there's rocks all around. So you've got these powerful mm. waves that can smash you. I think you have to be like not only a great photographer but a really strong swimmer. Yes, and it has to be a certain temperature. So I hmm. think I'll stick with land images Val. but you I'll, could I'll go you could you could go where the the waves aren't that big you don't have to go to you know chopu or or the north shore of hawaii or whatever you can go to Burren bay yeah. or you know somewhere where yeah. the waves are very rolling waikiki or something so yeah. it's it's super 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 safe and gentle so you're never going to get trashed you know what i mean that'd be yeah, fun very i think cool. that'd be great no. I do love those images where you see the photographer gets into the wave and he's like captures yeah. through the wave and out the other side. I think those images look amazing. But I think, um, you know, trends moving forward from here on in in photography are going to be the photographers that can show us something we haven't seen before so yes. a different perspective so when drone photography came out uh i'm still fascinated like that the, it, there's still such a newness to these images whenever i see an aerial view of of the surf or the countryside they look amazing because it's so new so all that sort of stuff where it's a new a new way of seeing I yeah. think is really appealing and that's why I do love this shot and there are um, heaps of great always uh, good images from National Geographic yeah I love it I love it um, so many good shots here you know ranging from libraries to villages to amusement parks to uh, artwork to um, you know aerial shots to really to shots from like the tops of buildings down the 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 side of the building um, to shots in, in the middle of fog to nature shots, really, really fantastic stuff. Um, uh, I take my hat off to all of the finalists. For, so for something, you know, sorry, Val, you know what would yeah, be a no, great right. exercise for these uh, photographers, for the students of photography, if mm. as a condition of entering these contests, you show your winning image but you have to show all the ones that weren't quite right that got you to that image. So the other yeah. 30 images that he took where, you know, the, the like the shot just before this image of the surfer after under the wave or the image just after or the ones yeah. where he's covered in bubbles just so people – because I, I think when, whenever you can see someone's process, it's, it's such a, a great way to learn and see that like you see this perfectly lit, perfectly composed shot but you never get to see – what they had to do to, to to capture that image or how many they missed out on. Yeah, absolutely. Val, just going to pour my reach for the Okay, well, I'm going to reach for the Pinot Gris and I'll um, – speaking of um, capturing images that are unique, I was watching The Crown last night. So Netflix oh, God, is that's The so Crown. so good. Oh, so good. So Such, beautifully shot. Oh, oh, such a good the show. Lighting. 
So interesting. So clever. <laughs> anyway, it. I'm up to season two, episode three, I think. And right. look, I'm sure it's not a spoiler because it's based on truth that's already happened. <laughs> so I'm sure it's okay to talk about the fact that it was when Princess Margaret and um, Earl Snowden, who was Tony Armstrong Jones, um, met. And he's a photographer. And in fact, it's it's it dramatized, or it's about their first f- kind of like date, which, which involved a photo shoot, and how he convinced her to shoot um, kind of like it's, it's like with the sleeves down her shoulders, so it looked she looked like you know, naked, uh, which was a bit of a scandal at the time. And um, he's well known for uh, being able to capture images of the royals that weren't the stuffy, traditional, you know, ones where they're just standing on the steps or or standing next to each other in a mm. very staid pose. Um, and he continued to capture images of the royals even after he divorced Princess Margaret in 1978. So, um, and I think that that had a lot to do with the fact that he knew them or it was attributed a, a lot to the fact that he knew them and was able to get them to relax and and, and that sort of thing. Um, and you know what? Lucky for him. But I, I would hazard a guess, Gina Militia, that if you had the opportunity to capture Princess Margaret or the Queen or whoever, um, that you would be able to connect with them in such a way, even if you had only met them for the first time. If you were given that I opportunity, reckon. how would you – how would you – uh, what would your your go to tips be to connect with them? With a princess or the queen? Well, let's say the queen then. Let's, that would be harder than the than, queen. Than Megan so, Markle have you ever seen uh, at the Annie Libowitz video of her photographing the queen? No. It's just quite awkward. Uh, she does an, a, a spectacular job, Annie, of capturing these photos, but it just looked like that initial meeting because there's just so many people in the room, it looked awkward. So I don't mm. I, I, don't know what I would do or whether I would lose it. I think I would just try and be me and try and um, connect uh, based on something trivial. I'd probably talk about the corgis. I reckon that would be our connecting point. So I'd ask her about the corgis. I'd probably ask her for some advice on training so that we could bond. So the thing is, when you ask someone a favour, then uh, I think it's easier for that person to connect with you or like you. So I would ask something which doesn't like – I'm not asking her for advice or, or, you know, like, wow, what's it like to live in the palace or, you know, stuff that she always gets asked. So I'd say, so I've got a dog, a small dog like this, and he's not very (laughs) well behaved. Your dogs are really well behaved. So how do you get their coats so shiny? What do you feed them? And uh, how do you get them to just – they're like that. Would that. Why are you laughing? <laughs> would you say it in that voice? <laughs> You'll probably say it in that voice. You know what I would do? There, I have this tendency that the more uh, exclusive or elite the person that I'm photographing is or highbrow, the more I bogan up, the more ochre I become for some reason. I don't know whether that's the rebel in so it would be hey going <laughs> hey going oh so yeah, yeah yeah that's great look at me 
please. Uh, just as an aside, uh, I found Margaret's uh, morning routine because she was pretty badass, and I loved that what she, Princess Margaret, would get up at 9 a.m. She has breakfast oh, yeah. in bed, followed by two hours in bed listening to the radio, reading the newspaper, and she chain smoke. And then at 11 a.m. she gets uh, into a bath, and uh, and then at noon she has an hour in the bath, uh, hair and makeup, and then um, uh, and then she goes downstairs and she has her first vodka of the day at 12:30. Oh my god! And then at one she would join the Queen Mother for a four course lunch. Uh, served in an informal manner with half a bottle of wine per person plus plus fruit and half a dozen different varieties of native and continental cheese and then I guess the day would go on from there. Not a bad life. Not a bad life, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anyway, um, for something completely different, we have uh, uh, the most hilarious wildlife photos of 2017. And this is a post, uh, a recent post on Gizmodo. And they're so funny. <laughs> so my favourite, Val, is the first yes. photo where one bear is giving the other bear a piggyback. <laughs> oh, they're giving the, – the bear is giving the other bear a piggyback, really? A bear is, is that, giving the other bear a piggyback. That's what that they're what doing. Is that what it's called? That's, oh. <laughs> so there's two bears. One is giving the other bear a piggyback, and it's actually a silhouette of the bears. And interestingly, Beautiful. it's backlit. It's in the middle of the night. Yeah. It seems like the middle of the night. And they're just yeah. on, you know, like a, on grass or whatever. And yeah. uh, it's shot from low, so the sky is taking up the vast majority. Of, uh, well, well, whether it's the sky or not, but not the ground anyway. It's taking up the vast majority of the image. But somehow the photographer has managed to backlight this, so the backs are in silhouette, and they are one is giving the other a piggyback. <laughs> one saying, "I'll just crouch down, and you jump on my back, and we'll have a piggyback." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's piggyback race. All right, it's a great shot. We'll put the link in the show notes. But as I said, it's from Gizmodo. Uh, <laughs> the winner, however, is so awesome. It's a series of shots of three owls standing on a branch, and there's. <laughs> I just. It's, so at first there's three. <laughs> at first there's three owls standing on a branch. Then <laughs> it was like two hours of looking at the third owl going, what the freaking hell are you doing here? And he gets such a shock, he, he falls off. And while the other two look away saying, if we don't, if we ignore him, he'll go away. Don't he's pay half fallen it. off. He's half fallen off the stick. And he's like, then he's practically fully fallen off he's like not even holding on to the point where the in the th- in the final shot he's hanging on literally by a nail and one of the other owls the ones who have ignored him and want him to go away, just looks straight at the camera going he's gonna go soon <laughs> it's only a matter of time <laughs> I love this series of shots. No wonder it won. This is so hilarious. Oh, dear. Love it, love it, love it. They're all classic. 
They're classic photos. They're, they are all classic, and you should have a look just for a laugh. They're they're absolutely <laughs> hilarious. I love them because they are natural. They're they're not set up at all. You cannot get animals to do this. <laughs> it's <laughs> it, it's awesome. Worth a look. Worth a look, yeah. There's one of an otter um, on his back, just so delirious with joy. It's 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 so cute. There's a couple of seals who really look like they're doing a comedy routine. There's a fox who is about to take a crap on the what looks like the 18th hole of the of a, of a golf course. <laughs> it's it's very very cool. So uh, check it out. Meanwhile, Gina has discovered the most followed pets on Instagram and uh, has decided she likes quite a few of these. Which ones do you like, Gina? Well, there's some rock stars on Instagram that happen to be pets and one of my favourites, Val, is Jif Pom with seven million followers and Jif Pom is a little <laughs> one of those what, what toy dogs it looks yeah. doesn't this dog doesn't look real but this dog no. has so much personality so cute and and such a rock star and has a yep. different outfit for every day yep and uh obviously He's like a every celeb with really yeah, short hair a, a pomeranian is it yeah and every likes celeb in the world is uh, photographed with this little puppy with (laughs) 7 million followers, which is just ridiculous. But you, when I told you about Jif Pom, you came out with like another half dozen of your favourites, Val. (laughs) Okay, so I love Norbert the dog on Instagram and he, you can just, that's his username, Norbert the dog, and he's the cutest, cutest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. He's always in my feed. I specifically go to his page because I think he's too cute for words. Go check him out. So worth it. Um, He's also a therapy dog. He's like a three-pound dog. So he's tiny. Yeah, tiny. Um, he's and he's a little white, fluffy dog that just brings a smile to my face every single time. And if I'm ever cranky or depressed or or whatever, my partner will say, "Why don't you just go look at pictures of Norbert?" <laughs> you can't help but smile though oh, so you cute. can't help but so cute my other favorite oh my is smoothie the cat and smoothie yeah. the cat is you would love now you gotta trust me on this you would actually love smoothie the cat because he's a ginger cat and you, oh, we know how much ginger. you love gingers. I love ginger. Yeah. So this is a ginger Hang on, cat. So, so is it smoothie underscore the cat no, or is no. it smoothie? One okay, word, smoothie I the cat. Good looking and, cat. Yeah, ginger cat. And actually it's just my cat Rex, but ginger, isn't he? Yeah. Totally. Just is my cat Rex, cat? but ginger. I don't know. It's, he doesn't say what kind of cat he is, but he's super cute. Um and he's yeah, he's just adorable. Very, 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 very what cute does ginger Rex cat. Have, uh, his own Instagram, Val. No, he doesn't. That's Why? you know. Maybe he should. Surprised it's, at you, Valerie. I thought I you'd have that by now. Well, uh, when I first got him, I um, he started a 
he was on Catbook, you know, like instead of Facebook, and he ha- had a MySpace page. Yeah, I remember. Back in the day. I used to read the news every day. Yes, he he um yeah uh, had YouTube channel, and he that's had when Flickr. I actually thought you were batshit crazy, Val. During that <laughs> era, do you know that? I thought I reckon Valerie's not right in the head. <laughs> Why? I seriously thought you'd lost the plot. I was just ahead of my time. I think so. I think you were. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, if you had have held on to that. Yeah, yeah, uh, probably imagine. would. Seven million followers for the Rexy now, I know. Yeah, Rexy yeah, would be he like had a blog. Mm. Yeah, and everything. He had a blog he and get, everything. Yeah, he used to get emails because he had a, um, a Gmail account, his own Gmail, and um, he used to get uh, emails from all over the world. There you go. <laughs> yeah, like from other cats. It was really it's strange. Um, but, you know, he would. he's a very polite cat, so he would reply. Of course he would. And yeah, you'd the just some main, yeah, some Maine Coon cat from South Dakota would say, oh, you're so cute. You know, what kind of cat are you? I'm a Maine Coon. <laughs> <laughs> so there'd be, like, chatting going on behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes humans would uh, email him and sometimes other cats would. Yeah, that's like our favourite dog on Twitter, Gus the Boxer. Remember oh, Gus? And Gus. Gus had his own Instagram account. Yes, he did. And he would, and we would talk to him like he was a dog. Yes, yeah, we and would. And he would that's... answer like a dog. He was I amazing. Know. He was amazing. <laughs> yes, and then he and Rambo, my doggy, did the photo shoot together and you shot them together. It was adorable. They were rock stars, complete rock stars. They were. We're taking a trip down memory lane, yeah, certainly. Well, that's what this right. time of the year is all about, Val. But this also, this episode is about celebrating the amazing contribution from our podcast listeners and what I've seen this year is... And everyone across the board has stepped up. And, and I'm going to uh, pour. What are you doing? I'm just pouring more wine. Oh, oh I'm sorry. <laughs> what number is that? Oh, I don't know. You know. Good old Do you put Pinot the cork back in afterwards? Well, I told you it's a screw top. Not a, I'm not posh enough to have, a, have corked wine. So what's the deal now with corked wine? Does it exist anymore or is it a better quality of wine if it's got a cork or can you get good wine that's screw top? Well, it depends who you ask. But I, no, no, it depends who you ask, but I believe you can get very good quality wine that's screw top and I do. And um, and uh, uh, but yes, there are certain times that certain bottle shops um, that will have a higher proportion of the corked wine because they're a bit snobby. But I do believe you can get great wine, particularly in this country, um, uh, that's screw top. I don't think um, you can get champagne that's screw top. No, duh. No, you can't. Well, duh. But maybe one day you can. They'll work out the technology. Mm, maybe. Mm. So back to what was I saying about, yes, so this episode is about celebrating the amazing images of our listeners. And so we've tr- 
trawled through the archives and mm. uh, selected some of our favourite images that have been shared this year, both in the So You Want to Be a Photographer Facebook group and also images from the Gold community as well. So shall we dive in and uh, share those let's, images, Val? Let's do that. And mm, big cheers right. to to like big cheers uh, to have everyone. Drink first, yeah. yeah Maybe so. Clean. One of us should drink, and one of us should. Hey, I'm just going to do it on the screen. It doesn't work. <laughs> you... <laughs> <laughs> I'll try on the screen. It's <laughs> it not working. It's not, not very good. It's. Uh... <laughs> I'll try this. I'm just trying to make a good noise. Be a memorable episode. If you're new to the podcast and this is the first podcast that you've downloaded, I suggest that you go back into the archives and find one that's probably a bit more useful um, to uh, learn photography from. Uh, and there's there's plenty, right, Val? Yes, many many great episodes. But this is a tribute to our listeners, and the first one we want to talk about. I love this image. It's from. It's by Dan Crowther, and it's of one of his blacksmithing students. Yeah, Dan. Where was... were you when I needed my new security gate? I wish I knew this yeah. ahead of time because I would have could have commissioned Dan to come and smith me a new gate. It would have been amazing. What a skill! Uh, Photographer uh, and blacksmith. And blacksmith who. It's like, so does cool. That. <laughs> I it is would so love cool to do that. Yeah, I love bashing metal. Um, you would really enjoy it, Val. I reckon. I think so. I think so. But this this photo is hot. It's great. It's a really good shot of a blacksmith, a a, a woman who is inspecting some of the work that she had done earlier. But she's holding these really hot iron pokers. It seems um, mm. that are red hot at the end, and it's she's taken from side profile. It's almost her back, uh, but in the yep. shot, it's a very industrial um, shot. Yep. There's a, there's what looks like you know, a furnace or whatever, whatever it is that you make the the metal hot in, and yeah. it just everything just gels together. The colors gel together. What she's wearing gels. Um, the image has has a great theme, and I, I really love this shot from Dan. And I love, love that it. Dan is able to multitask. So he says earlier that <laughs> evening, I noticed the light light in the smithy. So that's um that's tech talk for in the the actual room that you do the. Yeah. The bashing of metal in, it's called a smithy, was awesome. So I had my camera out in between answering questions, giving tips and directions. So he's like, yeah, yeah, just get the hot pot. He wouldn't have had that um, accent, would he? Nah. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah, get the hot poker out, just uh, bring it over here. And, and he gets a photo with this beautiful warm light and sort of that industrial look. And it is a beautiful image. You've captured the moment. You, you feel like you're there, don't you? Yeah, it's a cracker. I really, really love it. Okay, well done, so Dan. next is an awesome shot. It's so cool by Natalie Finney, which is a little bit Harry Potter-esque because there's a child in it who looks about eight, um, and he's reading a book called Stars and Planets, but he is surrounded by, in the background, it's sort of like this quite um, space-age uh, landscape, looks like the Twelve Apostles in off the coast of Victoria. There are planets in the sky. Um, there's a world globe on his desk there's a lava lamp so it it everything kind of goes together 
there. I mean, clearly it's it's a co- I mean, it's a photo composite. Um, yep. What's the story behind this shot, Gina? So, so Natalie is uh, one of my gold members, and I have been working with Natalie all year, and she's come up with this series of fantasy images with, uh, that she's photographing children in these fantasy scenes. And what she's done is with the help of her partner, she's created a set outdoor, which is the window. It's like a room set, and she swaps out uh, the, the background. She'll drop in the background, and then she'll light each image individually and come up with this fantasy theme for each different shot. And what I love is the way that Natalie has developed her skills along the way and we've uh, problem solved all her lighting and comping issues and she's completely managed to nail it and each image that she does is becoming more sophisticated and I don't think there's any shots uh, out there at the moment that look like this and I think she's really developing a an amazing portfolio of these children's shots. So imagine as a mother, uh, you know, wanting to ha- have uh, a, something slightly different for your shot of little Johnny or little um, Sally. And uh, so Natalie comes up with these uh, amazing concepts and uh, spends all the time comping them together and thinking about where light, light placement to look realistic and so that it all comes together beautifully in these uh, fantasy scenes. So I think uh, she's done an excellent job. I'm, you know, so proud of her. And for those of you who can hear Gina's dog Gary go nuts in That's the background. That's not my dog. It's not my okay. dog. Okay. So That's the dog. For- Next door. The two dogs next door. door. Oh, okay. Well, they're Gary. Yes. Yes. Are you getting more? I don't even know (laughs) where my. He's fast asleep. No, he's looking right. going to see. I'm fine. So I'm, I do apologise, but it is night time and I think someone's trying to break into the house next door. <laughs> so let's just continue podcasting and not investigate the intruders next door, shall we? <laughs> All right, then. Good neighbour. <laughs> great neighbour. All right. So now uh, we have a great shot from Valen Liu, which is of a um, pregnant woman who is facing a kneeling in a particular direction hold so it's side profile she's holding her pregnant belly and she's dressed in white sort of silk or satin and she's got kind of like a veil um over not only covering her head but it covers her entire body and she kind of looks like she's sitting on straw I could have that. I think wrong. it's part of. I think it's part of the the uh, the outfit, Val. But what I love about oh. this shot is it's got a real classic feel to it. It's very timeless. The choice of the uh, grey backdrop that she's worked, the canvas um, backdrop that she's working with, and the choice of wardrobe, just simple. Um, what would you call that stuff that goes over the head? The veil. What's it called? Yeah, yeah, sort of like a veil. So Valen's a yeah, guy, the, and the, um, what's the what's the what's the um, material called though? Gauze. That that sort of stuff. Yeah, muslin. But, uh, that that muslin, I think it is. But the the whole vibe of the shot is very. It's timeless. So. You know, you could look at this image in 20 years' time and still not know. There's nothing to yeah. say, well, that was definitely shot 
in 2017. So I love I love all of that. Uh, probably to um, I, I, I might just tweak up the blacks a little bit uh, on this image, but I do think it is beautiful. The the uh, composition and yeah, the soft lines and the vibe is uh, I think a fantastic uh, pregnancy. Yeah, Valance shots are, are, are great. Um, so another shot is from Michelle Iljazi, and I love this shot. Um, beautiful, beautiful uh, doggy in the snow. It seems it's it was his yeah. it was her first day in the snow. So it's oh. very much of a white background, but her face and fur is covered with snow because she's obviously been playing in it, and she's looking straight up. Up, straight up at the camera with really piercing light blue eyes mm-hmm. and um, oh, it's just gorgeous and, and, and is, there's so much expression in, in those eyes absolutely beautiful beautiful Love and, it so much. Yeah, what what I love about this shot again is the composition. So Michelle yeah. has framed this image uh, a third of the way in, and then you've got all this uh, empty space uh, mm. surrounding uh, the the puppy. And the other thing that I love is the choice of lens. So she's gone with a, mm. a wider lens, which actually makes puppy's head look. Uh, quite large <laughs> compared to the body yes. so it, it, it does kind of give a, uh, a more of a cartoony kind of look to the portrait which can be uh, quite cool for, for a character shot as well so it just gives the image a lot more character and then the fact that the puppy's got uh, lots of snow sort of caught around his uh, muzzle as well uh, adds to to the to the shot. So yeah, great work there, Michelle. It's a very sweet. You could see this as a postcard, couldn't you? Yeah, definitely. Great now I really love this next shot from Michael yes. Kruger because because apart from being a really great composition, um, because photographers often don't do self-portraits. So I really like it when a photographer bothers to do that. And so this is a great shot. Michael's just sort of in, you know, black uh, long shorts and a black T-shirt and a black cap facing backwards. He's got a big boy camera or big girl camera, whichever you want to call it, in one hand and he's just leaning against what seems like a white blank wall of, you know, it could be a studio, it could be a warehouse. But the thing that's fantastic about this shot is that there are some windows. So he is um, uh, about a third of the way in from the right, but there's clearly some windows on the right which are casting these amazing um, leading lines in a triangular fashion and it's just such a great shot, isn't it, Gina? Yeah. And, of course, we'll put all of the images. We'll put all of the images that we're referring to in the show notes at ginamilitia.com. The light in this image is beautiful and often, you know, when you're looking for a great image, you can find the image. It can be so-so, but, like, once you get the beautiful uh, hard light coming in, it just can transform an image and uh, this this is what has happened here with Michael's image. He's positioned himself in the exact right place to capture the light onto his face, exposed for the highlights, and you've got the – 
an amazing shadow and then all the shadows from the uh, the, the light streaming in the window. And, yeah, like I, this, I hope this is on your about page, Michael, because it's, uh, it's a perfect shot uh, for you to, to, to show what you look like. Yeah, so well, well done. Well, it's on his it, – it's, it's his uh, cover photo on his Facebook page, so it's pretty Excellent. cool. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. All right. Awesome shot we've got from Gustavo Pizzato, who is a member of our gold community, and it's such a cool black and white shot. And it's actually of, again, a pregnant woman, and she's wearing a white shirt, which is only buttoned at the top half so that her belly pops out. But it's only shot, It's we're only shooting, we're seeing it from side profile, and we're only seeing... Um, her torso, so kind of like from mid-thigh to around shoulder. We don't actually see her face. So it's a side profile, but the thing that makes this shot magical is not the side profile of a pregnant woman, but is the fact that I'm assuming they're her two children. Mm. Uh, They're actually about the height of her belly and one is kissing her belly obviously kissing the 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 sister or brother that's about to come but and another small small child is peeking through the little gap between the kiss and the belly it's just adorable a moment in time that's captured it's fantastic This is actually Gustavo's wife and his children, and the baby in the belly has now been born. Uh, And uh, but uh, what I loved about this shot is it's very high end. He's lighting. He I think he worked with a beauty dish, and it's got the lovely fall off in the background. So you've got that mid grey background, which you see uh, in a lot of high end publications like Vogue and, and Vanity Fair and GQ. Whenever you see see that sort of silvery gray background it's timeless and it also to me says high end and it's a very simple portrait but really captures the moment beautifully and as you say the the little girl peeking through the belly Mm. is uh just just adorable so sensational shot well done gustavo fantastic also, one of our listeners, Tom Harmon. This is such a cool shot because basically yeah. it's a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> it's a zombie. It's Addie Miller of Walking Dead fame as the model. Uh, and it's just a cool shot of a girl looking dead straight to camera just from um, the – the. it's just a headshot, like, well, really from chest up. And she is – she's made up like a zombie with her hair kind of a little bit, um, well, zombie-like. And it's just yeah. so powerful because of the direct stare to the camera and the the fact that she's a beautiful girl, but she's uh, got all this zombie makeup on. It's it's very very cool. And uh, Tom has said definitely took advantage of what I learned from Gina Militia about garage lighting. Yeah, cool. and it's a very cool. And he's done a really uh, a grungy edit. And I, I look at this image, and you know sometimes when you wake up after a big night. And you look in the mirror. (laughs) (laughs) Or even not after a big night. (laughs) (laughs) And there's still light Nutella smeared across your face. Or uh, my latest uh, obsession now is cake mix, which uh, I notice uh, quite a few members of the podcast community are into that. Uh, 
like not bothering with the Nutella now, just uh, making up the cake mix but not putting the cake in the oven and just downing the uh, cake mix straight out. Do you need a mix master for that? Like do you have to actually mix the cake mix? You just mix it with a wooden spoon, mix it all together. It it is uh, so good but so bad. (laughs) Okay. All right. Got it. Yeah. Let's move on to the next (laughs) image which I love. It is yes. by Karen Pinot. Oh, my God. I love this image yeah. so much. Yeah. Karen has captured an image straight after birth because yeah. she is shooting the cutting of the umbilical cord. Yeah. But the thing about this shot, it's black and white. It's not just the umbilical cord. It's actually you can see a tiny bit of a woman's face. You can see her body, but it's covered by the by the baby and towels. And there yeah. are a couple of different sets of hands which, you know, one holding the umbilical cord, one holding the other side so that it's, you know, easy to cut, one holding the scissors, one just putting a hand on the the mother, uh, kind of showing that, it, it, it takes a village, in a sense. Um, <laughs> to and, birth a uh, child. Yeah, and, and the child is, is you know, kind of just came into the world, so he's a bit like <laughs> his What's face is a on? bit scrunched. <laughs> but it is the moment of the cutting of the umbilical cord and it's, it's such a beautiful. powerful, powerful shot. I love it. Well it done, Karen. so much energy in this shot. And when I first saw it, I'm like, wow, that's awesome. And it is like the crime cropping and the uh, the hands and the movement and the energy and that moment in time, Karen, you just uh, – this is sensational. Well done. Yeah, sensational. Our next shot is by Gold Community member Frank Romano. Oh, my God. I have been loving Frank's shots over the past year or so, especially of his um, little doggies. But anyway, uh, his shots are just gone from strength to strength to strength. Now, this shot is – it's like it's in a butcher um, and there are various – well, butchers uh, dressed in um, kind of like that leather apron over a rusty wooden table there's the meat in the background it's got those butcher kind of typical butcher tiles on the walls and uh, they're all doing something so they all have kind of some form of a piece of meat or sausages or whatever but they're all different things one's holding the meat one's carving one's sharpening the knives and they're interacting with each other as well but it just looks so full of life, yeah. and he's like he's captured this um, this scene uh, in in the butcher shop that is that 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 has a great story to it. A bunch of people who are working together, who are in the same profession, um, who love what they do because they just look like they're enjoying themselves and who uh, can communicate with with each other because there's a clear connection between all yeah. of them. I love it. Yeah, love and it. he's. he's He's used uh, several speed lights and uh, this is in working. What I love, the other thing I love about this podcast is the bringing together of members who uh, are now like finding each other and working together on shoots. We've had a number of collaborations over the years where members have like, oh, like you're just in the next suburb to me. Why don't we get together and work together? And so this uh, is one of the shots that Frank Romano has worked in con- Junction with um, Andrew Mack to, to create this uh, image, and so I think that's really cool. The 
other great thing that Frank's done is the way he styled this shot and then worked each of the models in this shot to give it that life. So he's given everyone something to do. He's given them all an eyeline and that's what gives this shot energy. And then what he wanted to do was create a timeless feel uh, to this shot and he's actually used uh, one of my presets, Cuban Light to create this image which has just given it uh, that sort of rustic, timeless feel, so I'm happy with that it looks great. It looks um, uh, very, it looks retro. It, it's very cool. It does. And their, clo- their clothes are sort of retro as well, so it suits it. And I yep. think you've really hit the nail on the head, Gina, when you've said that Frank has given each of them, so there's five butchers in this shot, um, has given each of them something to do. And I'll never forget that you came to my place once. It was when I invited like 11 friends over. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's that, right. You invited – hang on. No, 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 backtrack. So you invited 11. Friends for lunch, didn't you, Val? Yeah, yeah. You're going to have friends over for lunch, and you were hosting the lunch, weren't you, Val? That's right, on my balcony, but I think you're missing the point. That's right. So you would assume that you'd be providing the lunch, is that right? Yes. Well, yes. Yes, I had intended to. I wasn't going to starve them. What, what what did you make for lunch for all of us? Well, Val? I just didn't was really you, think it through. Obviously, uh-oh. yes, you're right. This is when yeah. all I had was a, a can of condensed yeah. milk and I boiled it because yeah. I thought it would turn to caramel, which it did, and yeah. I was going to make a little cake out of caramel, which obviously I realised, you know, at the 11th hour that that really wasn't enough and you helped me out by basically cooking lunch for 11 people. Yeah, However. Gina did a group shot, didn't we? It did a group shot. Now, the interesting thing about this, so Gina did a group shot. Um, it was a, it was kind of a well-set table. It was a nice setting. It was on the balcony. And um, first of all, because there were 11 of us, well, 10 without Gina, um, she had us positioned at different heights. So there was high, medium and low, some seated, you know, some kind of half up and half and some standing up but the interesting part that is every single person she gave them a little job so one person all they had to do is hold the tray and pass it to somebody the next person a tray of sandwiches or whatever the other person all she needed to do was toss the salad the next person all she needed to do was pour the tea and you know it only went on for two minutes but but where the person had to like pretend to pour the tea for two minutes or pretend to tossed the salad for two minutes but as a result of that the shot was so dynamic and so um you know uh, uh, um, uh, full of life that it just turned out to be a fantastic shot but that is because she get she specific she didn't just say hey everyone talk she got she literally gave each and every person there something to do so it worked really well yeah and the and the reason I do that, Val, is because if you give that direction, okay, so everyone just look natural and just talk amongst yourselves, uh, people won't know what eye line they need and so everyone will probably look in the same direction or people will look away from camera or people will just do uh, all manner of different things and look to their left, they'll look to their right, and what you end up with is a hot mess. So what you want to do is make sure that you've got 
this give everyone the same thing to do and get them to repeat it over and over again and that's how you get those uh dynamic looking shots where you've got everyone and you give everyone an eye line that's that's important too val so that so that you've got their faces in the right direction and right position so so that because often uh what what i think the most common thing that happens is people will be uh looking too much in profile and you don't really get to see their face properly or there'll be too much hair so always tweak the eye line and, and point out like see that sign over there across the street i just want you to look at that and smile yeah. at that or i want you to look over your shoulder or i want you to look at that person as you hand them the tray and uh it it, it works so maybe give it a go yeah. next time yeah you definitely do a group shot and even when you're doing, I think the thing about the eye line is important because even if you're doing just single shots, not with a group, um, you might, I, I think some photographers have a go-to eye line and I think it is so important to have a variety. Now, one of the reasons I say that actually is because I um, was looking at, uh, I study magazines because that's just what I do. I love magazines. It's my thing. And I study the images in them because, again, that's what I do. Um, I'm big on magazine pictures. And uh, I was flick. I was going through a magazine um, just a few days ago and I was noticing it was clearly shot by the same photographer. And I can assume that fairly safely because it was uh, an ad, a series of ads by a, a, a famous brand in mm. this in you know that who were advertising and i noticed that over the last say three issues of this magazine where they sometimes they've put um a series of ads in the same issue sometimes they've got different ads but the what they've done is even though the setting is different it's actually like a furniture brand right or an interior Mm. type brand um because they're home magazines uh is this because you're looking for a new couch val yeah partially as well so Mm. so this um even though the 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 setting is different because they use different furniture or different you know interior and the model is different every single time the model has the same eye line and the model is actually always looking she's sitting on a sofa but she's looking down like practically to her knees like to her right knee and every single shot she's looking at her right knee and I'm thinking for goodness sake apart from the fact that that's a crap (laughs) shot for that but you know it it doesn't not not a crap shot um just a crap eye line because she just looks depressed Right, you know, you're looking, looking at right down. Knee. He's depressed. It is the yeah, vibe of the shot makes it depressed. Right yeah. So yeah. she looks depressed. So I don't want to, you know, buy a sofa that's going to make me depressed. Um, every single time, it's the same eye line. So, you know, mistake. I don't know whether it's because that sofa company wants people, depressed people to, or people to get depressed after they buy the sofa. I seriously doubt it. But I, I suspect that that photographer kind of has a go-to eye line. And, yeah. uh, and I don't think that's a good idea. Does the model look good at that angle? Because sometimes you find someone's angle and you just, like, keep it there. But they're different models they're each best. time. Mm. They're different oh, models. Right. Oh, so that's just his thing, her thing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They're, they're different models. They're different sofas, different 
colors and stuff. Anyway, let's move on to an image by Scott Stokhaug, which is so cool because he has um, he's done his interpretation or a modern day interpretation of the very very famous image, which is on is it is it on Thirty Rock or the top of uh, the top of the Rockefeller Center or the top of the Empire State Building? I can't remember now. The very famous image of the workers on the beam, you know, having their lunch probably yep. taken in the 1930s or whatever, but yep. he's done it somewhere else, <laughs> um, a modern-day version of it. Uh, but he's kind of harked back to it because they're sitting on a beam and they he has tried to get some of their clothing to be reminiscent of that, uh, uh, that, that, that old shot. I think this I like is a it. cracker of a shot. Yes, and he's given a nod to that uh, to that famous image, and uh, he shot this as as a composite image. And so this is for his son's wrestling team poster. And so I think last year he went with the uh, Reservoir Dogs pose, and uh, and he got a like a really positive reaction. So. Uh, he wanted to uh, plot the next uh, the the, ne- the next poster, and he came up with this. So I think I think he's done a, a fantastic job, and he's managed yeah. to find all the different components. And the direction is really cool, where he's uh, tried to create some animation in the shot by giving all the the models in the shot a different eye line, and also Ooh. I think the styling is sensational, where he has it's given them styling. that retro look and uh, the yeah. white uh, white singlets and overalls and caps on some the of caps. them. I just think it's such a timeless shot. I think he's done a great job. He's also added some smoke into the image and the crane. Uh, I think it's uh, sensational for a senior portrait uh, kind of an image. I think it's uh, very cool. So uh, High well school done, senior Scott. portrait. Yeah, high school senior portrait. Yeah, exactly. We've got to keep um, clarifying that for our Australian <laughs> listeners. Because <laughs> a senior portrait in Australia is a portrait of um, elderly people. So um, one of the things Scott has said is that uh, last year, as you said, he did the Reservoir Dogs pose. This is now the – yeah, it is the Rockefeller Centre building. Mm. And he has – meanwhile, he's plotted the next three years of mm. poster ideas. So sometimes it can be good to um, pay homage to – iconic images like this and you know you're, you're actually not shying away from the fact that you're doing uh that you're um uh, uh, um you know drawing incredible inspiration very very close inspiration to to these images um i remember a shoot that i once produced um and what I did was got an actor to do in the when you re, you remember the original Train Spotting poster, yeah, you know with Ewan McGregor and all of those yeah. people, and the original Train Spotting poster, how they were looking directly at camera, it was black and white, and they were, you know, in various different poses and. Um, facial expressions so I you know got the clothes and all that kind of stuff and got an actor to basically replicate replicate each of those uh, people characters in the train spotting poster and it was super super successful and uh what and a very very popular um article that you know because I I did it for magazines um Mm. That was then ripped off again and again and again by other mm. magazines. Oh, really? Uh, 
yes, and it's like like, the original. (laughs) Anyway, um, so don't be afraid to uh, draw inspiration from some iconic images. Um, In fact, it's almost like if you try to copy it almost exactly, people totally get that that's what you're doing and, and they don't think that you're ripping them off you they think that you know like madonna in material girl in marion marilyn monroe it's 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 not a rip off it's a um it's 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 drawing inspiration from a from from something that is clearly iconic and will never be replaced exactly yeah so Mm. great shot scott well done yes fantastic shot all right so um um, so great you need to pour by... yourself another glass, Val. Yeah, why not? Yeah. You. Catch up. I'm yeah. good. I've got a full glass. Ooh, I've snuck another one I've in as you were chatting. <laughs> All right. So next shot is from Kai Hansen. I love this shot as well. Great setting. Why do you love it, Gina? I'm, pu- I'm busy pouring. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so this was a series that uh, Kai took for a winery and I just love how natural the shot looks combined with the rustic location. So she's got a couple mm. sitting in the doorway of uh, the winery where the, the barrel bit is where you squash the grapes. So this is uh, the one step up from the old school way where you would step on the grapes. So I'm just wondering here, Val, just as an aside, Mm. how would what kind of – so obviously you do wash your feet before you step on the grapes? I assume so. Okay, but there has to be – so you know – if you have like uh, a curry the night before, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. So, so some of that kind of oozes out of your skin, like you know the all the herbs and all of that. So is that going to have an effect on the taste of the wine when you've That's got actual really feet gross thought. Sorry, because you're drinking wine now. Thanks. So I know that they don't do the squishing of the wine, although there was a very awkward moment in the Australian Bachelor. Did you watch The Bachelor? No, Gina, I did not. Obviously okay, so did. one of the early episodes <laughs> where the uh, one of the uh, the runner up was uh, meeting the bachelorette Sophie Monk. He said he that he owned a winery and he got her to step on grapes with him. Uh, and my okay. dad used to make wine like that in our backyard. Wow. I've got memories of doing. I've done it. He's you stepped tacker. on wine too. I did it. Oh yeah, I did. And it was oh, okay. Uh, pretty potent wine. It was like quite a high <laughs> um alcohol content okay. in that wine. Yeah, wow. packed a punch. All oh, right. Yeah. Well, mm. I think the shot, this shot, so natural, beautiful, uh, black and white. I, I think the the, the rustic sitting is beautiful. Is, yeah, stunning. And Finally, the composition as well. Uh, so she's got her uh, models uh, set not dead square to the um, into the middle of the frame, but she's got the uh, the actual uh, shack that they're sitting in the doorway of, sort of slightly on an angle, and then they're also sitting just in the doorway a third of the way into the frame, and then she has uh, the guy is looking straight at us, leaning forward, and uh, and the girl in the shot is sort of – she's given her an eyeline as well, which just – 
the whole thing together very natural it looks like kai happens to have just walked past and taken a snap which is what a lifestyle shot should look like really Brilliant. All right. Mm. So um, there was, there was so, you know, our listener community and goal community have so many fantastic, fantastic shots and it's been fantastic to see you guys just develop and, and wow us constantly with how amazing your photography is. So it's been such a pleasure and privilege to be able to witness that. Um, some of you have been with us since the beginning and we thank you for that, but it's also been a privilege for us to see you develop since the beginning. Um, yeah, we, and we hope that 2018 is going to bring even better stuff for you. What's happening with you in 2018, Gina? <sighs> Well, I think I'm going to travel a bit, Val, and I also want to hone my photography skills to where I'm doing more with less. Uh, so mm. I really want to simplify my lighting. Uh, so more kind of uh, – which I had sort of uh, really uh, experimented with this year on location, sort of a lot of one-light shots. So I want to work yeah. with that and uh, le- less composite images and more images created in camera. And then I also want to try and do some more – multimedia stuff so uh maybe working with video working with cinemagraphs which is i think all the rage uh now as we get into 2018 so really develop all those styles and uh work on my uh a more natural kind of style of retouching and yeah basically simplifying what about you val what are you thinking of doing Oh, goodness. Do you know what I mean? I mean, not to know. Do you know what? I, I, uh, clearly, you know, I've had a little bit of wine here. Um, I have not even thought of 2018. I am still recovering from 2017. Now, I know that many business coaches and many people will say that if you have not planned 2018 by October, You're too late. I know. You're too late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And while I can understand the logic in that, the reality is that, I'll be honest, um, I haven't because it's just been – uh, exhausting in this second half of the year. So So, I am – go on. But I'm just saying, so this time last year when we um, talked about 2017, you had just begun telling me like you were being trained by the boogie board champion. Oh, yeah. And I think, had you started macrame? Um, maybe only just. Only just. So now fast forward a year later and your macrame is like hanging all over the world. um, (laughs) Well, not quite all over the world, Jenny. All over Australia. (laughs) Like you were getting commissioned, you ran workshops. Yeah, ran workshops. (laughs) And now, and then somewhere along you went, oh, it might be a painter now. (laughs) 
in that voice. <laughs> and, yeah. and and so now you're being commissioned as a, as a, as an artist, a painter. So is there like what the um, <laughs> National Gallery on on the car? Have you thought about that? A solo um, exhibition, ma- Val? What, what are you thinking? What are you plotting? Uh, maybe in 2018 I'll become a neurosurgeon or something. You we'll reckon? <laughs> no. I, I don't know. Can you YouTube that? Like how do you do Probably, I reckon you could. You reckon? I reckon you could. (laughs) You can YouTube anything these days. I'm going to look it up, Val. Just you keep yeah. talking while I look up how okay. to do brains. You can, YouTube, you can YouTube anything these days. It's astounding. I'm YouTubing, admittedly, apart from expressing my cat and um, curling my hair with the GHD oh straightener. Oh, my God. How to do you, brain surgery. There you go. I told you, you Jesus can YouTube Christ. anything. Wait, 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 wait. What? Why, there wait. are one, two, three, four, five, six. There are hundreds of videos on how well, to do there you go, because there are only five about expressing your cat. I'm not kidding. I, I researched them all. How to do brain surgery. Yeah. How to do – how to be – hang on. How to be a rocket scientist. Okay, Gina, that's enough. So thank you, everyone, for listening for sticking with us. If you're still here, we congratulate you and you deserve a prize. Yes, no, um, actually, because there's nothing actually photography being uh, set. There are <laughs> you can you can you can YouTube how to be a rocket scientist. Yes. Like everything's on YouTube, like I said. Rocket scientists All right. do. Gina, well, back on track, please. Back on track. <laughs> Thank you for listening to us in 2017. We will be back in 2018 with uh, awesome content, a bit different where we won't drink. Um, but, you yeah, know, no. it's the end of the year. We had to celebrate with you guys and uh, and and more interesting tutorials and photographic hacks and MacGyver tricks and behind the scenes uh, reports on on the shots uh, on the shoots that Gina does so thank you for listening everyone in the meantime where do we find you online Gina so you can find me at Gina Militia across all social media I'm also in the podcast community on Facebook and you can also find me in the goal community and and if you do want to take, are uh, thinking in 2018, I would like to take my photography up a few notches, then maybe consider checking out the goal community where uh, I will work with you. And there are like over 200 tutorials in there uh, showing uh, everything from how I uh, plan a shoot to execute the shoot to uh, editing photos, everything is on there. It's a great community. We all support each other and take everyone to the next level. What about you, Val? Yeah, it's pretty special. Very, very special community. I love it. Um, you'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O on Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, feel free to connect with me um, in the podcast community. Just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook. Thanks so much for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again in the new year. Thanks, guys. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.